Good morning. On this bowl of question crunch, Adrienne Selena answers questions about her life and love with music. She tells us about her experiences leading worship, Tinder hiking, and having a crush on nice guys with football heads. <laughs> So, Adrian, you are one of my favorite people in the world. Ditto. Uh, but I don't know too much but. about you as far as like history is concerned. I know like all the uh, most of the stuff that I know about you is you know in, in the span of us being friends. But I want to know all of that stuff that happened before. So, you're an amazing musician. But what is the history with you and music? How did that happen? So, um, music happened for me, um, in utero, uh, possibly before then, but I wouldn't know. Um, my, actually when I was a twinkle in my dad's eye, probably my dad saw my mom playing guitar at a beach party. Um, and my dad sang in his school choir and my mom sang her whole life. And so they're like, oh, you know, let's. Anyway, so they made four babies. I was the first of four uh, babies that they raised. And um, all of my, oh my gosh. So it's very closely intertwined with like the Christian church, which is funny because I don't go to church anymore. But um, that's okay. Don't worry about my, the church. <laughs> you're like, I'll freak you out of it. Um, my grandpa was a pastor who also led worship. I have like, all of my aunts and uncles uh, on my mom's side either lead worship, are a pastor, or are married to a pastor, or lead worship, or both. Like, all of them. Every single aunt and uncle on my mom's side. Um, like, so all of her siblings are worship leaders and pastors, um, or both. And so, or married to them, or both. It's just, it's crazy. And so we even have a set of aunt and uncles where the two sisters married the two brothers, and they're all worship leaders. Um, it's sick. <laughs> so I remember being like in the same church. No, in, uh, <laughs> but um, no, they they led worship in different churches, and then uh, they would go like on tours together, leading worship throughout the country and in Mexico. And anyway, it's crazy. I'm getting dizzy just talking about it. But um, anyhow, so I one like really distinct memory that I have, like I remember. I always feel weird when I'm singing happy birthday with friends because I don't hear the harmonies and my family sings happy birthday in four part harmony, sometimes five, if someone's feeling brave, <laughs> like, there is, like it's like a barbershop quartet of like, it is a choral happy birthday. Um, and that's how I was raised. And so mom and dad led worship when I was a kid and I led worship. I'm tired of the word lead worship or led worship now. I'm not going to say that phrase anymore, ever again for the rest of my life. Um, what phrase are you going to use instead of lead for worship? Uh, uh, <laughs> Conduct a songs. praise? We sang the songs for the union. No, um, <laughs> we uh, for the congregation of the Lord Jesus, uh, which is funny because <laughs> none of us. But anyhow, um, so yeah, all of us uh, have done that, like I think just our whole lives on my mom's side. And um, and so when I left um, like being in church, 
or when I've left any career, any sort of thing in my life, music never leaves me. It's always still a part of what I'm doing. So it's very like entwined and like, you know, just like I said, in utero from the beginning of time, I've just always been doing music, always been um, heavily involved in it and just sticks, I guess. <laughs> um, but may I say, when it first captured me for the sake of like it becoming my own and not just something I did with family, it was probably when I sat down and started, not that you asked this, but when I sat down, now I'm just explaining this because I'm feeling insecure about the fact that like, oh, music's just in our family. How is it even her own? Um, but when I sat down and started breaking down songs, like I printed out lyrics and looked at like, oh, this is where the bridge is. This is the verse, the verse kind of, the verses kind of match each other and then there's a chorus and like really breaking that down. I think I was in like second grade and I was like, okay, you know what, this is what it means to make a song. And so I started songwriting and I could say that, that, you know, I, I rhymed Tim with him uh, in second grade. Cause my oh. is <laughs> Timothy Duran, which is really <laughs> funny. That's why that's part of why I call you Jimothy. It's like a term of endearment because my, one of my first crushes was, was Timothy. Anyway, Oh, that was your bit. That was your first big rhyme too. <laughs> yeah, my, my big, my big intro to songwriting was Jim with him. I and I love him. I think is <laughs> second grade. Anyway. Um, do you uh, when, when you're at birthdays, you have to stop? Like you don't want to sing happy birthday? Like everyone's like, all right, now we got to sing. You're like, oh, sorry, count me out. You guys suck. <laughs> um. No, but I'm going to tell you something really creepy. Um, oh, I can't pray. wait. Well, it's creepy to me because okay. it's like prayer is such a oh, family. If you're watching this, I love you so much. And I'm sorry because I'm going to uh, talk but, 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 but thank you for being in the audience. But I'm going <laughs> to tell you anyway. Um, prayer to me is such a sacred thing because even though I don't go to church anymore, I do still believe in like a higher power. Um, it you know, something kind of akin to like the force from Star Wars is the way that I look at it. And it connects all of us to each other and to ourselves and to creativity. And that's kind of what I believe in, which is why I love studying a lot of different religions, because I like see, seeing other people's take on it. But um, after our prayers in the Hernandez family, um, we're like, okay, amen. Kind of like, and it's just this like huge clap of like 17 people clapping in unison, amen, clap. And um, it's very powerful. It's very scary. And I kind of feel like, like because prayer is so sacred and so meditative, it's kind of like crazy. Like now we're all clapping. So no, we don't repeat the happy birthdays, but if everyone doesn't clap in unison, or if there's like a newcomer to our family who clapped off, everyone will point out that person who was off sync from the rest of us and they will re-clap they're like all right guys <laughs> one two three clap um so rhythm is still music and that is a thing that my family does <laughs> <laughs> um from from second grade your uh your ode to tim um where did you go shower, by the way you wrote it in a shower very risque <laughs> in the shower. oh man um, where did the, where did music take you from there from second grade? Um, so, 
oh gosh, just on a crazy journey. I wrote songs from there on, um, which was such an amazing thing to have as you're going through like your pre-adolescence and, you know, all those teenage years um, to be able to have this like cathartic way to process um, that time in your life was like fantastic. I wrote so many songs, um, a lot of minor keys, which are darker than the major chords and um, not as pretty as the major seventh chords. Um, so they're, they're, they're kind of dark chords and those are mostly the chords that I used in my songs at that time. Um, and then I led worship when uh, my parents got divorced. I was like, do I still believe in this church stuff? I'm not sure. But I did need a community going through my parents' divorce and leading worship was like a great way to get involved with the local church communities. And so um, I led worship at like five different churches all at the same time and then finally committed to one. And the whole time um, I craved being in a band and I've noticed that from about 18 to now, I have a habit of like always being in a band with a partner. Um, other than like the past four years, I was dating someone who was in a band himself and with whom I wanted to be, wanted to start a band, um, but we never did. And that should have been like a clue to me, like, this isn't the right one. Get away from this situation. But anyway, um, now I'm in a band with someone who I'm not even dating. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's, it, uh, we... I've always performed, I guess, like in church, but then when at, at about 18, and even just in high school, I started performing outside of church. And so now along with like whatever career things I'm doing with like teaching and other things, um, I've just always done music. So where has it taken me? It took me hitchhiking um, across the country actually to New Orleans, I wanted to um, play out there. And so I played um, New Orleans House of Blues for my birthday about four years ago. Um, and I Tinder hiked, I call it. I did not hook up with people for rides. Um, I like put explicitly in my explanation, like, hey, um, I this is not a hookup. I just need to get from like Lafayette to whatever. And People like, I'm a truck driver, I'm a delivery driver, I happen to want to visit my cousin, hey, my mom's been wanting to see me, and so I would just get, like, rides all from, starting from Claremont, California, all the way to New Orleans, um, and then I think I flew back and, like, took a bus back or something, or took, like, a train back or something, but, yeah, where is it taking me? It's taking me across the country, and then for the past four years, that is one cool thing that I did with, uh, my ex is that we I traveled the entire country just following music and following like all these cool music scenes of um following the uh the uh music festival circuit that I was so unaware of because I was just a sweet little church girl all those years um so it's taken me all over the country Jimothy that's where it's taken me <laughs> quite literally so your genre went from starting with you know uh conducting praise <laughs> not leading worship because uh we're, we're not using that word <laughs> conducting praise um how, how did you get away from that genre <laughs> um i think like you said that the god that i kind of believe in he she it is connecting us to ourselves and to each other in my opinion in my 
the way that I see it. So I feel like how I got away from that genre is that that God of grace, of love that I believe in, that is transcendent and beyond religious understanding, um, that God allowed me to connect to me. <laughs> like, And so I think in songwriting, just writing out what I was feeling and allowing this cathartic process, um, it, it started to take me into just everything that I loved about music, regardless of whether or not Jesus was in the song. And, um, you know, I started to really fall in love with a lot of different bands and, uh, and I could hear their influence in my music and I could hear what was just completely my own. Like, that just felt like this just came from whatever breathed life into me. And that's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's I think that's how I got out. Just this need for self-expression is probably how where I moved out of like just playing um, worship. Well, what uh, what genres were after worship? Everything, like everything. I Polka. Love, I love classic rock. I love bossa nova. I love um, all sorts of different types of jazz, especially like 1930s, 1940s jazz. Um, I love alternative rock. I love Spanish alternative rock. Um, I started to even explore, okay, so what is like, what does it mean to be goth and what various generations, you know, genres of goth exist and what genera uh, genres of folk exist and like just opening the doors to like, what does it mean to be indie and what did it mean to be indie in the late nineties versus what does it mean to be indie and you know the early 2000s like it, it and it's always shifting and it's always changing and that is fascinating to me like um and so all of that influences my songwriting and all of that is uh, yeah it excites me we have a mutual friend Elliot Franz who uh, said he was going to map out like all of the different genres and how they influenced each other and um I I was interested by it but i also thought like gosh by the time it's done it's just gonna look like this because yeah. everything influences everything so. it's gonna be a conspiracy map exactly. <laughs> just yarns all over the place right great fantastic that's the true ruler i don't quote me on that <laughs> well i i feel like uh i feel like doing that map would be very uh, ambitious um I feel like uh, you remember how well Doctor Who says like time is not like a linear thing. It's this like timey wimey ball of stuff. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't see music as being something that you can map. I just think that it's a crisscross of like yeah. uh, you describing your adventure in music is just one musician uh, relaying their love of music. And how that path has gone in and out and all over the place. And I just don't see you following one linear thread. <laughs> Not at all. No, in fact, even as I was describing it, I'm sorry, I'm going to sit on my leg because it's like the super most comfortable thing in the whole world. Even as I, I, I agree completely. <laughs> even as I was <laughs> describing it, I was thinking, you know, um, how do I even explain this? Because then this was happening and I started a band with this person, but I was also doing this and I just saw my whole musical history go. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It's kind of like a ball. 
I am currently sitting on my leg, just so you know. I, I, I don't want you to think that I'm lying when I said I totally agree, but you know, I totally understand uh, the it. love of sitting on a leg. <laughs> we don't know if Jimmy's wearing pants, so we won't ask him to prove it. Correct. <laughs> um, which musicians have inspired you? Um, it probably started pretty heavily with the Beatles. Uh, but I would say I've been inspired by a lot of different musicians. Andrew Bird. I love, I love um, Radiohead. I listened to In Rainbows um, while my kiddo was in utero. And then that was like the album that I was listening to while my water broke. And, um, and then I just had it on repeat um, as I was like kind of sitting in my apartment, like, should I walk to that? Because I didn't have a car at the time. Should I walk to the hospital? Should I call someone? I don't want to call an ambulance because I know for a fact, yeah, he wasn't born until 42 hours after my water broke. But anyway, um, so the uh, Beatles, <laughs> how did I get into pregnancy? And um, Radiohead and Andrew Bird and uh, Billie Holiday and Jesus, Mary and Joseph. No, not Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Um, uh, <laughs> I like, love that band. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's just Regina Spector, um, The Strokes, uh, like a lot a lot of different artists, a lot of different artists. Um, so yeah. when you uh when you listen to the album when your water broke, um, do you ever get to that song and you know exactly where it was when it happened and you listen to that song you're like oh memories. No, that album <laughs> I have used for so many different things um, that it's hard to pinpoint it. Uh, that album specifically, I use it to like, so I figure if like we're an X and Y axis, which we just explained that we're totally not and everything's a ball of yarn and it's crazy. Yeah. But let's say that we could map it out like this. I feel like that album specifically brings me back to point zero, like zero, zero, where you're just like, there and centered so I can be angry or sad or nervous or whatever crazy emotions could be going on or even super super happy and I'll like play that and I just feel like content and okay and like grounded and centered um that's so, your meditation album yeah really so I could listen to that a million times and have and so I don't actually know uh I don't actually know what song has happened when other than one song i only have one specific memory with one song but i don't know when the water broke sorry <laughs> it's okay that, don't apologize it's understandable um i always think that's strange with certain songs and certain movies um memories will be attached to movies and songs but if you've watched or listened to that song too often there'll, there'll be too many memories and you can't find one <laughs> right I always um, to, speaking of songs with a movie, I always wanted to put um, It's Getting Better All the Time by the Beatles. Yeah. I always wanted to put, like, this guy's, like, it's like a montage, and he's, like, walking down, and he's just feeling, like, so elated in love with this girl, and, like, things are getting better all the time. And then It's Getting Better All the Time as he walks in, and he's getting cheated on. And I've been imagining this since junior high. Like, this has that's, to be. That's fucked up. <laughs> yes, it's really fucked up. And I told my dad, and my dad was like, that's really messed up, sweetie. Like, that is so wrong. Um, I, but that's still how I hear that song. I hear it every time. <laughs> like, yeah, anyhow, sorry. 
I Can feel I like don't that I, idea. Don't use it. No, I'm kidding. I'm not gonna. Do, don't worry. Uh, but I have a similar th- feeling towards a uh, um, oh, what pretty woman. <laughs> like this guy's obsessed with the walks past, or not even the guy, whoever. A person is attracted to another per- a pretty woman, and they sing this whole song about being obsessed with this woman. And then at the very end, uh, that pretty woman is with someone else. Not not cheating, not cheating, but it's definitely like a heartbreak oh, kind of moment. But it's just like you see them in a shop window or something. Or... Yeah, walking down the street. Oh. <laughs> the kind I'd like to meet. <laughs> uh, and then at the very end, because the, the last note is, pretty woman. And it doesn't sound like a happy ending. It sounds yeah. like a, oh. Uh, yeah oh god i love that that's horrible it's timothy this is why we're friends right so we we, we listen to potentially romantic songs and have in our head made them sad (laughs) made them the worst (laughs) fantastic um you already mentioned that you went hitchhiking or uh tinder hiking um and I, I had this question where it's, uh, what is the strangest experience you've had doing, during it, doing a gig? And I don't, I don't know how you go from there. Because as, as someone who would definitely not go hitchhiking for any show, um, that, that alone is, I think, the strangest thing. <laughs> but that's, that's awesome. I could tell you something that happened in New Orleans. I would love that. So if you've got a few strange stories, I'm down for that. I have a lot of strange stories from that trip. But... Um, <laughs> I think that was what, so this wasn't necessarily strange, but it was one of the most like rewarding experiences that I've had um, doing music because I I do believe in like, like I said, connecting with ourselves and each other. And um, I was uh, being showcased as a songwriter on my birthday in New Orleans and um, which was really exciting. Um, Like I was playing at the New Orleans House of Blues, like right there in the quarter and I brought a bunch of little slips of paper with me and I like passed out papers and pens before the show. And, um, I told people like, don't be rude to the other songwriters like who, you know, play before me, but just when you get a chance, what I would really love for you to do with these is to, um, share your story. Um, because songwriting, I get to share my story and what I'm feeling, but I would love to hear your story. It could just be what you did today. It could be your story as whatever, as a gift to me for my birthday, I want to hear a story from you. And, um, I didn't read those right away. Like I kept them, I saved them until I got home and, um, I've like gone through them again and those are some of the most incredible stories. I mean, you know how people like, they'll spill out their heart and their guts to like a, a cashier or someone who they've never met because they're like, oh, I'll never see you again. So it's safe to just tell you everything. You're my bartender, you're my um, grocery clerk. I still don't get that. But anyway, but we do this as humans or as I've seen people do this. And and there's this safety in, um, you know, in knowing that you, may never run into this person again who's now going to carry uh, your story with them and so some people were really vulnerable and like told me just these crazy stories of like triumph or these beautiful stories of love and like how they ended up there that night and 
um, here I was like all excited, like, oh, I, you know, I, I, I'm so lucky that I had all these people who were willing to like help get me step by step across the country. Um, but then reading their stories, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like all super lucky to just be alive and be able to connect to each other. So probably not the strangest thing that's happened, but definitely one of the most rewarding things that's happened. At oh, absolutely. That sounds incredibly beautiful. Um, it's not necessarily, well, it's not a story with that, but I often remember, cause like, uh, some friends you can't be it, like some friends like the songs that we were talking about. You can't pinpoint when you met because everyone's, you know, interacting with groups of friends and just friendships happen. However, I remember exactly where I was when I met you. <laughs> How I don't know. You didn't care about a mutual did, friend. <laughs> I, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a mutual friend. Um, it might have been a mutual friend, but no, no. The issue was, and I think I've already told you this story before, or you might remember. There was an issue in meeting me for the first time. What okay. was that? I said there was an issue in meeting me. No, for not the issue. First time. Well, kind of. Um, we. <laughs> oh, it, it was at an art gallery, uh, a permit dirty art gallery. And it was in this like a uh, warehouse or industry area and they had the window open and it was in the winter and it was freezing cold at this art gallery. It was unbelie unbelievably uncomfortable. I just remember in my jacket just shivering. <laughs> and there were all these people playing and I don't even remember the bands or the people that were playing, but it was just, you know, regular music. And then I was just serving there, you know, drinking my wine, eating my uh, finger food, and you started singing. And I actually remember just like completely ignoring the shivering and being like, hang on. <laughs> this is a voice that needs my undevoted attention, undivided attention. <laughs> so that was the issue. There was no issue in me and you. The issue was just the freezing cold that I'll never forget. Oh, sorry. I hope the music just was like a big warm hug and helped you stay warmer-ish somehow. Absolutely. Um, I don't remember so much. Uh, I, I just remember being like completely taken aback, being like, I need to hear this person sing as much as I possibly can. <laughs> you have inspired me to keep playing, even when depression or other things have made me want to just kind of curl up in a ball and do nothing at all. Um, so thank you for sharing that you enjoy hearing me play. It, it does keep me kind of going. Ah, absolutely. Do you have any, uh, other strange, uh, stories, uh, gig wise stories? Um, no, I only mostly remember that gig. And I remember that I was so nervous because I was going to play Adam Sandler's I Want to Grow Old With You for the first time from The Wedding Singer. Um, I had never played it for anyone before, and I was going to play it that night for uh, the person that I was playing with, who I'm no longer with. Um, but anyhow, yeah, and I just remember, like, feeling, like, cold and shivery and, like, scared that I was playing this song. And uh, and his very gorgeous, gorgeous cousin, who she also makes me really nervous just because pretty girls make me nervous. Um, like super nervous. Uh, so I was like doubly nervous because I'm like, oh my gosh, it's this guy that I'm like thinking well, I may really want to grow old with him. And then the, his gorgeous girl, like, not girlfriend, uh, cousin, whoa, pretty and slip. I've never seen them do anything weird together for the record. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that, that, that was a, that was a special night. I'm so glad I got to meet you. 
that night. Um, I'm so glad I know you, period. Likewise. Um, that I, I got to hear you sing that song, uh, Grow Old With You, recently on your uh, Facebook post on, uh, was it the uh, Selena and the Wolf, or is it the Wolf and Selena? Selena and the Wolf. Selena and the Wolf. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that's that, that's an actual nod to uh, literature. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes more sense than Wolf and Selena. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I heard that I heard you sing that song and I watched it and uh, it was interesting because on one hand I was freaking out because uh, with the pandemic I'm just like no I gotta stay indoors I can't go anywhere public right. public stuff is not allowed. But hearing all the noise of people, of patrons and you live, performing live, was extremely comforting, even though I was kind of panic-stricken. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, that almost felt like the strangest thing that's happened at a gig. We're in the middle of a COVID crisis where some people don't believe in it and some people do, regardless of whether or not you do or don't. I feel like it's important to respect like that people are terrified. And so um, that was weird because people hadn't seen me in a long time. And I had people walk up and kiss me on the cheek, but still kiss me who like, what? Like, I don't, I, these are not people with whom I interact. So I was not prepared to like, Hey, I miss you. And just everyone felt like everyone wanted a hug or a kiss or both. And I didn't know where to hide because I'm on stage and I can't. And they're like interrupting songs just to like hug me. And I'm like, what do I do? Like hide behind my musical partner? Like that was a little weird. Um, Warning to people who play live. Like, if you don't know how to keep a pole with you to, like, keep people away if you're worried about it. I um, thought maybe my immune system could use a kick. (laughs) So I uh, didn't panic too much about it. But even just, like, socially, I that was, like, socially difficult for me to deal with because I'm um, very much, like, a cross between introvert and extrovert. I am very much not both um, or one or the other. I'm very much not both. I'm very much not, like any extreme of one of them. Um, And so I do need my space. I do need my personal time. I do need my private time. I need lots of recuperating um, time after a gig. And even sometimes I need to take a little bit of recoup during a gig. Um, And so that was weird. That that was weird for me, not just because of the crisis, like not just because of everything going on, but also like as someone who enjoys her personal space, that was strange. I know. I know how you feel about uh, after a gig not wanting to talk to people because I feel like once I hit my quota of interaction, I'm like, I'm cool. I'm I'm all right. I, I want to just let me be with Netflix. I don't want to talk to anyone. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to watch The Office and let Pam and Jim be my friends for a while. In the office. I just need to watch other human beings interact. I don't want to interact. I don't <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I saw a photo of a guy in Italy where he, he was wearing like a, a belt that was like kind of a ring for six feet around him where, oh where it was this boundary belt. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> and no, it wasn't a belt. It was, it was more like Saturn cause it was a flat, it was a flat ring around him. <laughs> that makes me think of Karate Kid where he's like got the shower. Thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. I kind of I kind of want to build that uh, that Saturn ring I saw in Italy because I'm just like I want that I want that at work because uh, I 
I have not been in any like public appearance, no no uh, art shows, so I don't know how I would feel about uh, fans coming up to me and try to interact. Um, I haven't been in, put in that situation, so I don't know. But I know at other places, like I, I felt like I almost got in a fight at a grocery store a few weeks ago when the person, like, if they're not covering their nose, I'm not going to go out of my way to tell them to cover their nose. I'm not going to do it because I want to just get out of there as fast as possible. I don't want to start a conversation. But this guy was coming up real close to me without his nose being covered. And I was like, hey, you need to cover your nose. He's like, I really don't. It's like, is it connected to your fucking lungs? Because if it's connected to your fucking lungs, then you need to cover your nose. Oh, Jimmy. I, I'll admit, um, I yeah, I was pretty mad at my partner. So I keep telling him, because the, the joke, you know, the whole joke about, like, it's like having your penis hanging out of your pants. Yeah. And so, you know, and so we've heard that joke. And so I told um, my my musical partner, um, like, you know, we also live together, which is great because we can still perform and we're not worried about sharing germs with each other. But um, we were at the grocery store. We're at Target buying groceries so that we can make one stop. And we wouldn't have to go to multiple stops. And, um, and he had his like nose hanging out and I kept saying like your penis your penis is hanging out your penis is hanging out and it's the only way he'll hear me because he hears the word penis and he's like my penis what oh oh right okay I'm sorry um and finally like I got aggravated enough that I was just like in the middle of the store I'm like I'm not shopping with you and I like stormed off and I've never seen him so sad but um, now he covers up his nose pretty quickly because he knows that I will just, like, ditch him if uh, he doesn't have his nose covered. Because, again, even if he's not scared about what's going on, there it's just out of respect for, like, everybody's immune systems and everybody's fear. And you know what I mean? Like, it, even if you don't believe in it, like, respect that there are a lot of people who are terrified for their lives. So, yeah. Anyway. And... Like I said, if 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 the guy was uh, far enough away from me that I don't see myself getting in a conversation with him, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to pursue him to be like, cover your nose. Yeah, hey, you, eight feet away from me. Why don't you <laughs> cover your nose right now? Hey! <laughs> no, it was just because he was coming up uh, right next to me. Uh, really um, which musician of any era, dead or alive, uh, would you want to make music with? Um, so when people ask me what bands influenced me, the first band that comes to mind is the Beatles. And, um, I definitely would say that, um, Ringo type of question <laughs> comes up. I always have trouble because I'm like, don't say George Harrison. Don't say George Harrison. Oh my gosh. Don't say George Harrison. But Why not say George Harrison? I can't think of anybody else. I would love to make music with George Harrison. Um, <laughs> he, um, unfortunately, uh, cancer passed away, um, lots of years ago, but I, uh, yeah, I would love to make music with him. I hope there is some sort of afterlife in which I get to make music with George Harrison. Um, that, would, that would be rad. I would love that. I actually had a dream once um, that, uh, like, the so Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper's, um, like the Sgt. Pepper's album, um, they both love, like, Magical Mystery Tours. Was, like, no, not Sgt. Pepper's, Magical Mystery Tour. 
Yes, magical mystery tour. That sounds a magical mystery tour. Um, I had this dream that they were like one album um, and they were like playing, it was like a stage production and I could hear songs that I've never heard in my life, but that like were just coming from the dream that, um, and I could like see, they were on these like, uh, they were on like these um, stage pieces influenced from lyrics of both albums and they're like standing in different stage pieces and they're just singing in like, you know, six part harmony. It was just crazy, it was beautiful. And they're just like singing all these different, but anyhow, George Harrison specifically, if I had to choose one, um, but if I could recreate that dream, um, that would be awesome. I'd probably pick a lot of people from the 60s actually. Jack. Ah, feel free to get feel free to go down the list as uh, no. <laughs> th this it's this hypothetical funny. situation does not have a limit. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be a lot of musicians from the 60s. Um, it could I be a 50-piece harmony. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd love to get into the 19 um, the 1930s and 40s and get to like just sit down with some of those jazz musicians and like, oh my gosh, like that would be amazing, and to hear the things that they're coming up with and like to be alive during those decades from like the thirties to the sixties, um, man. And to just hear what was happening to music and how people were letting go and how humans were like deciding that it was like, okay to just breathe music. Oh, just, I mean, I know that indigenously, like that's what we have always done with music anyhow, but to hear people do it on stage, like, in this like melodic oh god yes i would love to go back <laughs> and i mean i could do it now but with those musicians as it's happening as it's coming to life that would be incredible um yeah if i had to choose between like doing that with those musicians and not getting to make music with george harrison i, I think i'd settle for like a tea conversation with george harrison <laughs> Yeah, like it, 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 I mean, it is hypothetical thing. Ends in bed. It is hypothetical thing of uh, time travel or Harrison Snuggle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, these are the rules of time travel. Now you only get to choose a tea party or anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> some some galactic force comes up to you and says, "All right, you can make music with George Harrison, <laughs> like or or." You can just cuddle with him and experience music from the 30s and 60s. Cuddle, cuddle, cuddle. I mean, um. <laughs> good, good to know. Good to know. I'll, I'll keep that in mind next time I have a very strange and specific time travel powers. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for keeping me in mind. I appreciate that. I, I, I will, uh, if anyone ever asks me, what would you do if you have time travel powers? I'll be like, oh, well, I got to help Adrian have a cuddle party with George Harrison. Yes! Yes! <laughs> this is what true friendship is about. I, I hope you know that I will say that with anyone who, they don't have to know you to know that that's going to be my answer. That's it. <laughs> my friends couldn't, when I lived in Mount Baldy, my, one of my friends was like worried about finding my place. And, and he said, you know, ultimately I wasn't that worried because I knew that all I had to do was play a Beatles album really loudly and you'd come out like a kid looking for the ice cream truck. It's like, that's, <laughs> that's absolutely right. Um, so, yeah.
This is a thing. This is a thing about me. So I love your love of folk music. Uh, you've been involved with a lot of folk, med- folk people, and the music that you guys have made have been fantastic. Um, what song from any Broadway musical would you like to cover in a folk style? And when I said um, Broadway musical, I just mean non-Disney, because I figured that if I said di- if I said musical, some people would be like, oh, yeah, uh, Aladdin. I'm like, no, 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 I want plays. <laughs> well, if you say musical, I think of Rocky Horror Picture Show. But oh. if you say Broadway musical, so if you, and, you know, like, there's a whole slew of songs that could be, Time Warp would be interesting as a folk song. Probably, yeah, that would be interesting as a folk song. Um, but... I think maybe Phantom of the Opera, Think of Me. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah, because it's so, like, tender. Um, She goes into this high. You know, it's just beautiful. And then um, I feel like capturing that in, like, a folksy way and just, like, you know, folk music has kind of, like, this grunge earthiness to it. Um, not grunge is in the genre, but grunge is in like earthiness to it. The um, adjective. Yes, <laughs> grunge is in the adjective. Um, I feel like that would be kind of cool. That would be interesting because soil and being outdoors with the birds and the butterflies can be just as pretty as being in an opera seat. Well, just even like a, I, I just picture uh, Christine walking through the forest would yeah, you ju- would be gorgeous. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. This is probably um, going to happen now. I feel like uh, with Rocky Horror Picture Show, I think that uh, um, what was it the light uh, light in the castle? What was that song? Yeah, I think it's light in the darkness. The, I think yeah. that would be a really good folk song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just you, even that whole part where Riff Raff does that really high pitch kind of thing oh would God. be really fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, what is your songwriting process? Uh, we we got a little uh hint of it with uh J- Jim and him, with Tim and him. Um, but uh, what what is your th- what is your song process now? So I I teach songwriting, so I get to like explain a lot of different processes to people and um, that's one of my favorite things to explore with students is how many different ways we can approach songwriting um you know the the, the possibilities and combinations are endless but to be honest and something that I don't admit to my students um on like a first day of a class or a lesson is that my songwriting process is um it's just kind of organic like it just sort of happens and I know that sounds really weird but I basically just have to feel a feeling and sit down and um play the feeling and so sometimes that that often means and for most of my life that's meant that I'm just playing a chord progression and I start singing words over the chord progression and the chord progression just matches the mood that I'm in. And I'm not even thinking I'm going to play these chords because I'm in this mood. I just play what sounds right to me in that moment. And typically what sounds right to me in that moment is exactly what I'm feeling in that moment. And that's why it sounds right. It's because it's honest. And um, and so what comes out of me, like the words that just kind of blah out of me and the... Um, melodies that come out tend to work and that's actually even one of my favorite things to do when I'm performing 
is um, if I have an intimate enough audience or like, or if I have an audience even that's kind of cold and I want to like get them sort of interactive, <laughs> um, I will like pull ideas from them and I will just write a song that on the spot. And usually, even though I had to include a fish in a bowl that accidentally got eaten or something, I will also include, you know, just things that I'm going through and things that I feel and somehow that's going to weirdly like symbolically relate to um, what it is that I'm truly feeling and going through. So yeah, it's usually just kind of organic. It's like chord, it just comes out. I know that sounds horrible, but that's like, that's my go-to method. I've explored a lot of different methods and I'm writing a song with a friend now where we're not using that method. And I love this song. Like I love what we're working on so far. Um, but that's probably like the first method that I have gone to for years and years. But I feel like uh, the best way to be able to do that where it just comes out organically is being able to say that you've explored other ways for songwriting, where you fine tune being able to put yourself in such a vulnerable state where you can actually express yourself with different aspects of music. I think exploring songwriting, so not even just, because I would say that I explored personally different methods of songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, after doing that method. Like I um, did that method for years and years and then thought, well, some people do their lyrics first and some people write their melodies first and some people um, don't even put lyrics or melody, you know, and some people just do this and some people, you know, and so, and, and sometimes it's fun to just take scraps of paper with different words on them and mix them up and see what happens and pull them out of a hat or, you know, like there's all these different approaches um popcorn songwriting like there's just like crazy different approaches but I think I started with that and what I would say is I agree with you in that I feel like an artist truly has to like not truly but we <laughs> kind of hone our crafts in order to express what it is that we want to express um I have drawings on the refrigerator right now um, from my very, very young cousin. Um, and yeah, she's, I taught her the last time that I saw her, I taught her how to like smear, um, smear oil pastels together. And, uh, and so she did like flower blossoms with like oil pastels smeared. And I know that um, she just like I will now get to express something different that she wasn't able to express without that skill set of like, oh, this is how to smudge these pastels together. Um, just like if I hadn't sat down as a kid and broken down songs and and played music my whole life and, you know, um, and been obsessed with words, um, I really definitely feel like Josie Grossi from um, Never Been Kissed. Um, or she's like, words are my life. Like words are super my life. And um, <laughs> words are super my life. You can tell by the adjective I chose that words are super my life. Um, yeah, if I hadn't been obsessed with all of those different crafts that led to like what it means to songwrite, then I, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't, it wouldn't come out so prolifically. I only I feel prolific because Jesse said that I was prolific. Jesse Wheeler, if you're watching, I'm using your word, not mine. <laughs> anyway, sorry. 
I feel a lot of times when people are in love with uh, words, they realize how uh, fluid and malleable words are. So you can just make up however, make up words wherever you want, uh, however you want. Um, because recently, uh, Gail Simone actually tweeted, uh, she was tweeting about the new Bill and Ted movie saying that, is it a, is it a true or is it a fakey? And Gail Simone has a lot of people that are just on Twitter just to insult her. And one of the responses was, fakie isn't a word. You're a writer. You should know this. And then everyone started making up their own words just to respond to this one person. Did you read the the book Prindle as a kid? uh, Maybe. (laughs) It's been a while since I've been a kid. Prindle? Frindle is um, Frindle is a word. It's uh, that basically means like writing utensil. Mm-hmm. And it is made up by a kid who was told in class that humans make up words, basically that word that. And so uh, he decides to take matters into his own hands. And then he's like, well, then Frindle is a word now. Anyway. I have not read this book. I kind of want to. I think it's a beautiful word. I made up a lot um, of words in college and essays <laughs> and uh, and got really good grades, on, well, straight A's on all of my essays in college. And the words never got circled or noted. They're just like, yeah, that <laughs> word makes sense. That is the uh, word. <laughs> and you said it was your uh, cousin with the uh, smudging of the pastels? Yeah. So I recently had uh, my nephew, he drew a drawing of me. And he drew, uh, he drew my eyes, and he's like, I don't have to draw the glasses on you, right? And I was, I, I, I thought to myself that he doesn't because this is art. He can just do whatever he wants. There's no rules to what he can do or not, uh, what he should do with this piece of art. But I, I think that it's uh, my responsibility to teach him and his responsibility to do it, <laughs> um, to try something that he's never done before. And I told him, but you could draw the glasses. And I told him, all it is is you already drew the circles for my eyes. Just draw circles around those. <laughs> and he, he he drew it, and he's like, oh, I did. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Good job, kiddo. Aw, yay, teaching moment. Good job. I just think that everyone, no matter what age, if you're going to do anything artistic, uh, try it. Just just try it. Just try something. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rules that say you can't try it. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Because this episode is going to go on during uh, Labor Day weekend, um, which occupation would you like to make a soundtrack for? I don't know why the first thing that comes to mind is dentistry. Like, I don't know what about dentistry I would want to write about, but, like, it's so horrible to imagine like all these people are so terrified of like you and correct are avoiding you and all you want to do is help them and um and all of the torture scenes that you see like in show after show I think every show covers it with what the Arnold hey Arnold Doug like all of the cartoons of my childhood nightmare Ned dentist um episode and I I don't know. I think for some reason, like, I I would love to write some songs for them and just kind of help them, like, hey, I think this might be a little piece of what you're going through. Uh, write write songs about the patients, write songs. Yeah, I want to I wanna just get in there with that, get, get in the mouth of that. 
Yes. One of my uh, recent <laughs> dentist appointments, I was so apologetic. I was so like, oh, so sorry, because uh, I have a really just awful gag reflex. And they were just, uh, there were way too many hands in my mouth. <laughs> I, I, I gagged and uh, um, they, they, they all removed their hand quickly. It felt like it was almost, almost like they, they made a bad uh, move when to, to fusing a bomb or something because they immediately like lifted oh, no. their hands. And I'm so, I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. My tongue is dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I felt so bad. <laughs> They're just doing their job. <laughs> I think um, that's funny because I think my my most memorable moment with the dentist is actually when they put me on. Did you ever have one of those noses for like a kid dentist where it's scented so that they can like knock you out more easily because you're like smelling your favorite scent and okay well they had to do that with me because i was pumpkin spice i was a baby (laughs) um so they gave me yes pumpkin spice lattes are out now but um, i was thinking of you about that but they gave me like a a bubble gum one and every time i looked at that bubble because they let me keep it and take it home so i could smell it whenever i wanted but i um hated looking at it because it reminded me that basically like helga pataki while I was knocked out, um, I started telling the dentist about this boy, Tim, that I loved in school and how cute he was and how his mom took me to school in the mornings and how I couldn't wait to smell her coffee in the morning and the smell of her new car. And I love sitting next to Tim and that I hoped one day I would have the courage to hold his hand. But I didn't think I would because in kindergarten, some guy named Greg slapped my hand away when I tried to go sit with him at the story table. So anyway. You, you were quite the romantic second grader. <laughs> yes, I really was. Oh, I totally feel for Helga Pataki. She and I, we're like, I get her. We're like soul sisters. I, I totally get her. And don't tell her, but I totally also have a huge crush on Arnold. Yeah. How, how, you, you can't get wrong. You can't go wrong with that football head. <laughs> so sweet, and he always tries to do the right thing by everyone. Like, kind of like Corey, but not as dopey. And like, and he's into jazz, and he loves like. I've obviously been been watching shows lately. I haven't been binge watching Hey Arnold. I just binge watched that as a kid. Uh, you should. So it's I, on Hulu. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I dream, hey, Arnold, like, I don't need to be on the screen. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I actually think that after this interview, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to start my binge of hey, Arnold, because I missed that. Um, I remember, because, like, uh, during, you know, Halloween's coming up, it's a month away, um, hey, Arnold has one of my favorite Halloween episodes where he endangers his friends' lives with a prank that goes haywire where everyone believes that they're having an alien invasion and all their friends are just running throughout the city trying not to die <laughs> as they're dressed as aliens. <laughs> so we didn't try the right thing there. <laughs> well, he probably felt worse than any other cartoon character would feel after doing something wrong. Not like Sonic, who can like almost shrug off any stupid thing that he does. But yeah. Arnold's a good guy. Uh, he he was very he, uh, on that episode. He felt really bad that he was uh, putting his friends through that. Uh, his uh, grandfather, his grandfather thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, 
know, maybe you shouldn't watch that show too much, Timothy, because I don't want anybody studying Arnold who I have to interact with. I might, like, just fall in love with them or something. <laughs> well, don't worry. I feel like I've gotten uh, I've gotten to the age where I'm going to... Uh, uh, I feel like I'm going to aspire towards being more like the grandfather. Oh, great. Perfect. <laughs> great. I'm not in a rush to be pooky. I'm really cool. glad because my palms were getting sweaty just at the thought of like, oh my God, someone's <laughs> going to study Arnold and they're going to find my weakness. Some guy or girl somewhere is going to become Arnold and I'm just going to be like helpless. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, this episode uh, will come out on uh, National Wildlife Day. Um, so, so who is your favorite fictional bear? It's the, one of the most important questions I've ever asked on this podcast. Fictional bear? Yeah. A real bear, I guess? I don't know. I didn't know that was going to be the <laughs> Fictional bear. I don't like oh, fictional no, bears. When I, when I hear bear, I think of my friend. Um, I, I think of my <laughs> friend who is also illustrator and, and artist. She's a painter. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think of her. And so I'm like, no, no way. Like, She's my only favorite bear. She is the bear. Um, I have to say, and I, I don't know, I I weirdly um, thought about things like this before. Um, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> As you look down um, in shame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like picking at my hand like, oh. Okay, because it looked like uh, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, um. I have, because I used to have dreams with cartoon characters. I would, like, I would beg whatever God was real, if not real. I was like, if you're real, will you let me have, like, a dream of just animated characters tonight? Um, but anyway, um, I would have to say he used to irritate me a lot. I used to actually get really annoyed with him. But after watching Christopher Robin, I'd have to say Pooh Bear. I, like... And more and more, I just, like, am kind of falling in love with that character because um, he, is, he, he is kind of the Arnold of, um, of the Hundred Acre Woods. He's, he's so sweet and he's so endearing. And, like, I, I don't know. I re he really used to irritate me, actually. Like, Why? Because he's, like, so dopey and he doesn't like understand what's actually happening and i'm just like oh poo. i'm very much a rabbit yeah um, poo, poo's not willfully ignorant that's not him deciding to be oh, stupid about it makes it so horrible it's like i can't even be mad at you which makes me more angry um i really am rabbit and like uh which is weird because i also love tigger i felt like i was like some sort of tigger rabbit combination as a kid um because i was like type a but also like add kid um so yeah i just i didn't get poo i was like i don't get why all these characters kind of center around poo like i don't like why does the show start and end with him why do we care about what he's doing and i'm so sorry because i probably sound like an evil monster as i'm saying kind of but like <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> that would be the strangest. That would be that would be the strangest lie. Like. <laughs> well, I really want people to think I'm cool, so I gotta pick a really cool bear. Um, no. What bear? What bear would be a cool lie? What? What? I'm... I don't know. Maybe. Um, 
maybe the big blue house bear so people think I'm younger than I am. I have no idea. idea. Um, But no, I love Pooh Bear. And after watching Christopher Robin, and actually, um, Ewan McGregor said the same thing. He's like, after interacting with him and like driving with him and keeping him with me, He's like, I'll be honest, like, I still drive with him. I Like, he had him, like, at the time of his interview. He's like, I still kind of keep him around because he got really attached to that character and what that character symbolizes and just, like, the genuine sweetness of that character. And even just thinking about how Christopher Robin, grown-up Christopher Robin, treated Pooh Bear in the forest, I just feel like crying right now because I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, I imagine how scared who was like whoa I'm sorry I didn't mean to upset you I just love you like that's all he's doing and I think about like our inner child and I don't mean like inner child in the therapist way but that inner curiosity and creativity that like keeps us waking up in the morning um and that little little self like kind of just saying like hey I just love you and our grown-up self that's like no I'm supposed to have done this because I'm this years old and da 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 and I've got to be here right now. And that like very scary scene of just that happens to all of us all the time of like fighting that and grappling with that. Um, and it makes me kind of love Pooh. And and I I love him now. I'm I'm in love. I'm in a love affair with my inner child. I love Pooh Bear. I have always loved Pooh Bear. So when you said I I he was irritating, I was I was offended. That was. That was... <laughs> To you. <laughs> um, I've I've always been a, the Tigger. I've always been a Tigger type. Um, so uh, <laughs> and you know t- Tiggers always love poo. Like there's there's never been like an irritating thing. There's always been like uh, he's just he's always there. <laughs> he's always there being a friend. He doesn't love his honey. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like I'm getting more of a Tigger because like uh you know Tigger said that the heffalumps and woozles are coming after your honey when I'm just like, I feel that way about like uh, my paranoias of like how, how much I am freaking out about the virus where I'm just like, no, your honey, you have to protect your honey. <laughs> um, did you see the Tigger movie? I did. I, I, I love Winnie the Pooh. I, I cried. I, I cried in the theater. I know I the lyrics cried. to all of their songs. That's. Yeah. Okay, we're, you and I, we have to do this. Wait, we have to I, do it with this. I love Winnie the Pooh. That's, uh, there's, there's no, uh, I, I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not going to ever be cool guy. <laughs> I love Winnie the Pooh. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what social media, if someone wants to follow you, what social media would you uh, want them to follow? Um, right now, uh, I would love to connect with people through Selena and the Wolf. Um, so if people wanted to go on Insta and go to Selena and the Wolf, S-E-L-I-N-A and the Wolf, um, it's all just one word, no underscores or anything. Um, or they could go to Adrian Selena, A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, it's the French spelling, S-E-L-I-N-A at Insta. And if you feel like super connected to me and you're like, hey, I love your story about this or I totally had a dad who used to do this when I was a kid and it reminded me of what you said over here. Or, um, I've had people reach out to me on Facebook and they're like, I'm really sorry. Was this really weird? I'm like, no, actually, this is amazing. And this is what I believe in for like humans connecting. So 
Um, I am Adrian uh, Selena, and my Selena is my middle name. Um, my last name shall not be named, um, but I that's what I use on all of my social media. So Adrian Selena on Insta or on uh, Facebook. And if you want to see what our band is starting up, we're just kind of starting our little world right now. Um, so if you want to see what we're getting into, that would be another thing. Selena and the Wolf. And if you go to the Facebook page, you'll have that live video if you want to feel like you are, <laughs> if, if we're not in a pandemic and you get to listen to uh, live music being played at a, what, that was a bar, right? At a bar. I almost took it down because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but I did see, <laughs> I did see that a lot of people were interacting with it and we're grateful to have the bar experience. So yes, uh, before I change my mind and take it down, I recommend. <laughs> I am super grateful. Yeah. I'm super grateful. But, like the song, uh, when, when you hit those notes of like some people want it all, when you hit them with passion, I was like, oh, God, I love hearing her sing. Oh, <laughs> thanks, uh, what last words would you give to someone who is thinking about getting into music? Just do it. <laughs> I don't even have to think about that one. Just do it. Like um, I have had students in their all ages. I mean, literally like in their 70s who have taken um, an instrument or vocal lessons from me. I've had kiddos. I've had everyone at every age. I think that music is um, is like breathing. And maybe that's just because of how it was raised. But I really feel like it's it's a form of expression that anyone should be allowed to use. And with drawing, there's like a really, you can't not, you can't not be drawing your whole life and then all of a sudden like look at what I drew you know it's like okay well you had to have had some sort of drawing and with a lot of other like with media with a lot of other things I feel like there's a skill set and you really have to learn it and I'm not saying that music there isn't that like yes to have a wide range you have to you know work on that craft to be able to use a certain amount of vibrato you have to work on that craft but to just express it's already there like it's already there for all of us, whether it's just like banging on something or mm, just humming something like all of us have it in us. And so I feel like if you want to do that, please just do because your body knows what it needs and it probably needs music. So, yeah. <laughs>